Thanks for joining us for another week on the Jock and Journo Show. Jay Clark, Braden Cox, and the captain of the uh, Collingwood Footy Club, Scotty Pendlebury here. He's got his hand, right hand bandage, uh, that middle finger looking big and swollen. And, uh, mate, you're holding that bag of ice uh, like your life uh, depends on it, mate. Uh, you look sore. You look like you haven't slept. But uh, there's no chance you give that ice away, are you? No, I'm not. We're back to square one. I feel <laughs> like we had this discussion last week. But, yeah, I had um, surgery again on Monday. Um, yes, I knew what I was in for last week when I um, the arm block wore off and I could start to feel it. I knew yep. it was, was going to be painful. So um, ice is certainly doing the trick. So yeah, it's uh, going to be tough to steal ice off me today. Is your season over? Um, I've got a... So this, the surgery I had the other night, I got two wires put in my finger and yep. the two wires actually sticking at the top of my finger. That, and so it holds all, it all together. The bones? Yeah, the bones. Yep. So these wires um, need to be there for four weeks. So um, if everything goes to plan with our team performance, yep. then I'll be eyeing off coming back in that last playing round. Yeah, so that would be playing in that last round Potentially, if my finger was okay and then going into finals. But um, if we have any hiccups along the way, I don't think um, the medical staff would want to risk it or push me out there for yep. the sake of one game. I'm going to um, be blunt with you here, Scott. If you guys are out of the finals mix and you come back for one or two uh, matches, when you're probably in a no, bit it of only, any... It only can be one if we were out of finals because these okay. have been for four weeks. So You're not yeah, playing if again, if mate. We're out, Unlikely. Um, yeah, I think it would be if we, yeah, as I said, if it doesn't go to plan, it would yep. be unlikely because just if the medical advice wouldn't be to, to risk it. I'm sure you do. I don't want a fused yet. finger. No, clearly not. Is that the risk if it goes wrong from here? Yeah, that's Ooh. the risk. Because I, I caught up with the surgeon last Tevi. few days ago and he said, you know, the, before we knew I had to go back in, he said, you know, the risk of trying to get back from this too quickly is that you re-break it or re-injure it and then we have to fuse your finger. So um, even just hearing that sort of um, scares you a fair bit and... Um, yeah, it's definitely not something that I want. So I'm just going to make sure I look after it. And um, yeah, if I have to miss the rest of the year, I'll, I'll do that and just make sure I'm right for. You know, I've still got I don't know probably only eight years left. So <laughs> sort of 400 games. I need this hand a fair bit actually. Um, I, the last one on this. How flat were you when the doctor said, "Hey, champ"? <laughs> We need to go back under the knife for a second time. Just give us a oh, quick snapshot of your reaction so, at that yeah. point. Well, only because I'd, I sort of thought I'd jumped the hurdle of like that week of pain. Yeah. Um, I'd gone in to see the surgeon. We cut the plaster off. I just got like this tiny little splint to click on and off my finger. Could bend my finger for the first time in a week. Um, and I was actually having a coffee in South Melbourne and the, his number popped up. And he's like, did you have a look at your x-rays? And I was like, no, nah, I didn't have a look. Like, that's sort of, you it's know, your that, that's your department. <laughs> I don't know what I'm looking. Bread. I don't know what I'm looking at anyway. And he goes, oh, I've got some bad news. And I thought, oh, no. <laughs> he we're going to have to go in tonight. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> and it was like, he goes, we'll have to go in about 5.30. And it was 11.30. And I knew what he was going to say next. It's like, you can't eat. Because uh, you can't eat. And I hadn't really eaten much already today. Yeah. So I was like, ah. Oh. So, yeah, we went in and, yeah, much to my enjoyment, we... Had round two. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, what did the bone move? Why, why did it sort of? I'm not sure. Chip away. What know. are you doing, mate? What Nothing. You doing? I was, it was in well, plaster for a week. So, um, so who butchered yeah. it? Here? No, what no, no. Well, I think like the tell thing us was, the truth. No, the thing was when we actually went in the first time, mm. like my finger was fairly shattered. There was it was more than just like one bit of bone off. It was more like you know 
the bones shattered. We've got to try and piece this puzzle back together. Yeah. And it was going okay, but not as good as it should have been. And let's do it properly and get it all mm. cherry ripe. So, yeah, that's my situation. So, yeah, I was a bit flat yesterday when I come out and they said you got wires in your finger and you're going to have to miss four weeks, which sort of you quickly add up and you're like, Jesus, there's not much time after that, after that for the year. So I'm not allowed to sweat for a couple of weeks. So I'll just be... So you can't run. Can't run. What are you going to do? Well, I don't know. Nothing really. Coach. Yeah. Like Sammy Mitchell. Potentially. You're going to have to come back through the VFL. <laughs> well, if there's time, mate. If there's time, I will. If there's time, I'll do whatever we, I have to. We only have to win the next four straight. That's easy. Yeah, well, I've got more chance of losing 10 kilos in the next month than you have ever playing VFL. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd, I would... Once, like my younger brother plays there, so I'd love to play a game with him. Oh, Clearly cool. at AFL level, but you know, VFL level would still be a thrill for me to get down there and do that with Ryan. But yeah, yeah love you, I'll um, I obviously want to coach in the future, so yep. it's a good even on the weekend. The, well, how was it with Bucks? Tell me because obviously well, it was different for me. It was the first game I'd missed in three years, so yep. I think it was something like seventy games, almost seventy games in a row that I played and then missed. So even just the the night before, just the build up of. Like sort of, it's weird. There wasn't sort of much nervous energy or anything. I was just sitting at home, and um, I think I just had like a, I don't know, salmon and salad or something like that for dinner, and not your normal, not normal stuff. And yeah, and then just even just cruising into the game, there's sort of no emotion. There's nothing really. And then I actually started to get really nervous like an hour out from the game, which is I don't know. Not I think normal. when I realised that I had no control over what was about to happen. Mm. I was just about to be sort of an innocent bystander. So innocent. the yeah. life of a coach. Well, you called you called it, didn't you? The game. Oh no, what did you do? You worked the game for Triple M. Did the right? preview of Triple M and then the game for the Herald Sun. He yeah. goes and steals the pies from the press box. Yeah, oh, I haven't had a pie in a while. So and I like I must admit when you Wouldn't at Eddie had sitting up there in the stands, it's a very very easy game. Like, yeah. and it's been ages since I've sat there and just watched a whole game of footy live of of my own side play, and you're sort of sitting there just thinking like, well. When you get it, just kick it there, and then he'll get it, and just kick it here, and it's a goal. Like that's pretty simple, and you realise it's it's a lot harder than that. So. Did you get frustrated? You never get frustrated um, on the field. Do you get frustrated up in the stands? No, not not so much with the ball movement side of things, um, or like guys missing targets. Although that does annoy you because when you're up there and you can see how obvious it is, and they miss it by five ten meters, you're sort of thinking, what the. Now you know what the, th- yeah. the fans are thinking. I think too, though, the like the efforts, you know, efforts up there really stand out. Like. So, you know, Goldie, some of his efforts on the weekend were huge. I know Josh Kennedy still kicked six, six goals or whatever, but Goldie probably saved another five or six for us, you yeah. know, leaving Kennedy helping out. And the Luke Shuey goal where he was running into sort of, you know, Matt Pryor's handball yep. in the ball. Like Goldie's chased him down pretty much. Goldie's started his chase on the half forward flank for us. And you don't see that on TV. You see the last four metres of the chase. But, yep. um, yeah, it's a lot more nervous sitting up in the coach's box and there's – how did you find questions. the interaction? Yeah, and I don't mind that. Yeah, I like sitting up there and what, hearing what the questions and um, oh, it's just a lot of. It's almost like a game of well, it's a game of sort of chess going on up in the coach's box and um, you know they make a few tactical moves. So they started Hutchins off the as a forward who comes straight into tag um, Steele who was playing as a midfielder for us. So you know the first question is like, what do we want to do there? Do we want to send a half back up say with Hutchins or? Um, you know, what do we want to do with steel? Because now it's a matchup we can manipulate. Just things like that. So yep. um, it's all stuff everyone sort of knows about. But, um, what, what yeah, it, it's interesting. What about just the remarkable effort? Like it was, for me, it was one of the 
most brave or gutsiest wins I've seen from Collingwood in, you know, four or five years. It was, I mean, when, when you lost Davarco as well, I put a line through you. I thought there's no way you can win from here. Statistically, it's a miracle. Kennedy's on fire down one end. But there was a huge effort and to, and to smash West Coast in the second half in contested possession in particular. It was really just the last quarter. We won the contested ball for the day by 25 and in yep. the last quarter, 22. We were plus 22 in the last quarter. Um, so how did you rate the effort of your team? Well, I thought me, were you? the first quarter, um, we gifted them three goals from unpressured kicks. So it wasn't even, you know, like you couldn't be like, oh, West Coast, they really pressured Collingwood into that bad kick there. Yep. It was we had the ball, had full control and just missed, yep. like basically like in basketball terms, we missed a layup. Yep. Um, and then just went back the other way and got hurt. And then So you um, thought you are always in Yeah, it. so yep. I thought like I, I actually thought at quarter time it should be like six goals to probably one here our way. But instead, it's four goals to three there. So I thought we missed an opportunity there. Then I thought the second and third quarters were pretty even. Just, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a battle. They found found a way to score a bit easier than what we could. And obviously, Kennedy was having a fair day, yep. you know, taking one-handed sky balls. And, On Goldie. Yeah, so he had a fair day. And then, um, yeah, that last quarter was sort of, you were sort of looking at the clock and thinking, you know, it's time to run out here. We need to find something and then... Um, yeah, a few of Levi Greff- Le- Levi <laughs> Levi Greffitts, Levi Greenwood's efforts there. On um, yeah, on Gaff, but then he went forward, took a mark. Yep. Um, as soon as he kicked that goal, he got the next center. The clearance came. He got the crumb, kicked it in. Degoe got the free kick. Um, then uh, what else? Degoe's chase down tackle of mm-hmm. Duggan. Duggan for solo got someone on the pocket number thirty-seven. Is that Barras? Yep. Yeah, got Barras, kicked it in. Reedy got that free kick that was clear as day for, <laughs> for him holding Schofield's jumper. He got a free kick. What did you think at that moment? So it was there was two points in it. Yeah, uh, kick to Faz who doesn't really take his whole time, and if he kicks a point there, it's it's really you got a minute to yeah. get it down the other See, end. I thought I thought in the moment that what Reedy did was really smart. So I thought he'd take his time. So there was a minute twenty to go when Reedy got that free kick. So I thought, take 20 seconds and then just find a chip kick if you can. But if you know if you can't, don't worry about it. But West Coast was sort of semi-starting to man up, so he just moved the ball straight away so we could get another, steal another 15, 20 seconds. Um, then Faz's one was interesting. I thought, watching it, I was like, you should just steal. pass this to steal. Mm-hmm. And then we just wait again. Um, and I know like it's you know, he kicked it, so it's all well and good, but... If he misses that, like we go from a certain win to they have a chance. So if that was me and I was coach, I would have said, like, well done for kicking the goal, whatever. One of, but one of the moments of the season, Scott. Yeah, well done for kicking the goal. But <laughs> next time, next time, just move that to steal. Yep. Steel holds it for 30 seconds. And, you drain and then the he might move it. Or I've often thought about, say, if Steel had it on the boundary and there was whatever to go, 30 seconds, you can stand there. They say 10 seconds, you've got to come in. Takes one step forward, then he can just stand there for the next 10 seconds. It's so, got to be a continuous run up. Or we'll walk for 10 seconds. Well, you're almost better right. off kicking and then, it out on the full. You well, then just, just sky, the then just sky ball straight in the air. Hit the roof. Just boot it as high as you can and then game over. I like the It'd idea of taking zero <laughs> risk. Or well, you've got to win the game. <laughs> yeah. so. Imagine seeing that if, on the so coverage, though. Just imagine, kicking imagine it if, straight um, up. We would make much of an issue Imagine if Faz hit the post with his set shot. And then they count. And then they count and go all the other way. Imagine how flat the boys would be. Well, you've seen West Coast go and and you know and you know what it'd be. Be like, well, how could we do this situation better next time? Mm -hmm. Well, Faz, you could move the ball. So I think you just got to address both sides of it. 
Tell and, us he, and he had the opportunity to move it. But it was, then again, he went back and thought he could kick it and did. So, Tell us about that moment because um, the significance, it was, a, it was a really special moment. You see all the teammates run to Faz. We know about the challenges he's faced this year and he's come back. It's been such an uplifting story. You, I know you think about the process, but tell us about what you thought of the emotion of, of that moment for a guy who's been through a bit. Um, yeah, as I said, it's hard to sit there and say because when you're on the field in those moments, it's huge. You just... Everyone, like you, I could see the emotion pouring out of the guys. Um, but it's funny in the coach's box, everyone's talking about what do we do at the next center the bounce. Next thing, but yeah. I could just see the emotion, the enjoyment the guys were having, how happy they were that they'd fought their way back from what looked like, you know, defeat. defeat. And then they're up by eight points, and everyone was pumped. And then Fazzy's the guy who's kicked the goal, who he's gone through a fair bit this year. And um, yeah, everyone was just, everyone looked like they were enjoying themselves. Um, do you think it's significant for him? Um, oh, in, in what sense? Um, in terms of his comeback, this is a, a, a watershed moment. I mean, it's uh, I think the watershed pressure. moment was when he came out and said, I, I need right. a bit of yep. help and put his hand up. And yeah. I think since then, um, he's been a different guy around the place. He's, um, you know, not, not too different, but he's just learning t- to deal with um, depression that he's got and, um, and it's not an all-the-time thing, and guys just understand him a little bit better now, and if he's a little bit flat, we're not expecting him to be that, that guy that's up and about 24-7. And, um, no, I think the weight of the world sort of was off his shoulders the, the moment he said it, and um, you know, and, and you've seen other guys. Cloakie's come out, Tom mm. Boyd's come out, and both said that they're struggling with some mental health things, and um, you know, it's probably you know, in the terms of the season, yep. there's a few moments like that where clubs and players and families and friends would be really, really proud of uh, each other. I think he has changed the game for others, you know, that public stance. You said it was a courageous call and the club supported him so much. Um, I think he definitely made it easier for Boydie and Cloakey. And when you're way up this season, when you remember this season in, in history, looking back, we'll know it as a completely unpredictable and even exciting season. But I think the ground made up in this area off the field potentially more is more significant and it will be a calling card for um for one of these years so i applaud uh applaud alex and he spoke to triple m after the game um fantastic interview so um well done to him and he's playing good footy scotty who got your votes 16 goals in the last seven games i, I always find it interesting man you have this debate all well, the time you crack me all the time for my votes um and on the weekend, cause look, it is a little bit hard because you, I've often got my head in my laptop in key parts of the games when you're trying to write this story because you've got to get it done on the final side. So you it can write be challenging at times. Like right after well, a goal. You, well, you do, mate. But like, for example... He's revolutionising the game. Okay, okay, we'll, Why don't you get like... Can, going to get to your very tight watch get, shirt in a minute. Too, is there like, anything out there that's like an audio? You talk into an audio that there just is. punches it out for there you? Is. Yeah, but it's not foolproof. Then. I had no. written a story, Scott, halfway up until the last quarter that was... West Coast bias. No, that was you guys losing. Doom and gloom. Oh. You guys are going to be losing because you ma- you have to make that call throughout the game on a on a theme for the story and that you're going to lose. And with two players down, I was sort of thinking that that Hedging was a bit of a, that way. It was a safe bet, yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, of course, safe you <laughs> came off the yeah. canvas and um, and threw me into turmoil. But my votes, I gave three to the go. I thought he was the best player on the ground. Um, two, I gave to Josh Kennedy, kicking six uh, on our man Goldie, who tried valiantly. And one, I gave. To Brody Grundy. Okay. Um, I thought his work ethic in the ruck. Own it. 
You look. Yeah, yeah you looked. You do. <laughs> it was a tough one. I thought of maybe going to Will. Of uh, giving it to uh, Willie Hoskin Elliot. To be honest, he, he was, was super. Good. He was good. He was awesome. Yeah, yeah. and in hindsight, maybe I would have uh, went that way. But I just thought Grody, who basically rucked Grody Grody uh, right himself. You know, the effort on the ground. Well, he didn't. He he did ruck by himself, but. Yeah. Reedy gave him a chop out. Yeah. Well, and what, Reedy went into the centre bounce and didn't even jump, and we still won the clearances. If you get a chance to watch that centre bounce, Reedy had zero idea what jump. he was doing. Can't he jump. just sort of run and just copped a knee from Petri and just sort of like looked around <laughs> like, I forgot to jump. This is we got the clearance fun. anyway, so well, um, all good I, work by All Reedy. I say is this. I, 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 was, uh, I was umming and humming over that one vote, and maybe I would have uh, done it differently if I had my time over again, but I noticed that your coach agreed with me in Did his he? coach's vote. So, oh, okay. you know, I take yeah, a, bit, yeah. a little bit of confidence to that. How, how would you have gone, um, Mr. Watching uh, it, I'm going to be a senior coach? No, nah, watching it live, Yes. Um, when the game finished, I thought, Crispy for us was the most influential, both sides Three of the footy. Votes. Yep. Um, I thought Geordie had a really good offensive game. He was a defender. Still, mm-hmm. still some parts defensively that I reckon he can get better at, but offensively he was super. Yep. But I thought Crispy had some massive moments, like one-on-ones with Josh Kennedy that he won, and then just turns it chase down tackles. But yeah, it's you know it's not like Geordie didn't turn is the he ball over all. He is a good kick. He He's a lot better him? kick when the game's live. So when it's just flowing, it's all happening, and... Instincts. He's, um, you so know, he's, he's, he's had he, a pretty good. He's had a pretty good year too to go from being like a midfielder, asked to go back to mm-hmm. plug a hole. Um, he's been super. And then, so I went three crispy, two yep. to goey, um, and one Kennedy. Yep. Because Kennedy was single handedly keeping yep. them in the game. And it's funny because he has shots from the boundary, and sort of you're sitting there thinking, well, if we're going to give up a shot anywhere, we've defended this pretty well. They've yep. marked 45 out on the boundary, bang, straight through the middle three times, and then that. He had that fairly good effort, Goldie one on one, where they both hit the deck. He pushed him over, snap, and goal. Got back up. Yeah, that was pretty impressive that for a guy good. six foot eight. Um, yeah, so that was what you're saying I that you think Crispy or some players can be better in the flow when it's instinctive rather than sort of stop start yeah. taking a free kick. Yeah, absolutely. So that's just a mental thing, do you reckon? Oh, has I, to be. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't. Maybe they've got too much time, or but yeah, there's certain guys in the league that like, we clearly identify that. Um, you know. Sort of when we when they get the ball, you can sit off them a bit, and you actually want the team to kick it to them because you want them to dispose of the footy and yeah, things like that. Yeah, there's no, I'm certain of it. There's guys who are better kicks when the game's just flowing than if they're running down the wing having a bounce and they've got ten seconds to make a decision. I, I would have been one of those guys back in the day. Turn the ball over pretty frequently. <laughs> hey, uh, can we talk about white line fever? It's been a, a big issue in footy over the past week with Toby Green losing the plot again. He's sort of. Um, Jab onto Rance has cost him another stint on the on the sidelines. Um, is it a myth this white line fever thing, Scotty, or do you think you need this sort of aggression um, on the field? You know, like remember the, the Hawks were really unsociable, and Melbourne's adopted a bit of that. You know, do you think because you're when you're out in the field, right? You are someone who's always seems ultra calm. I find it um, amusing when people try and roll you up and you just stare blankly back at them <laughs> because you you don't really get involved uh, in, in as much of that. But um, what what do you think about this white line fever? Uh, there definitely is. Like even um, at training internally through preseason, um, Levi Greenwood, Taylor Adams, Rupert Wills, Jordy Degay. Uh, no, not so much to Goey. Um, Adam Trelaw, um, Callum Brown now. Like, they're the nicest guys. You're like literally walking out onto the track with them, having a chat, warming up, having a laugh, having a kick, and getting into a competitive drill. And they're like quite willingly ready to punch on if you have to. <laughs> and you're sort of like, what the? Like, we've 
teammates. Um, yeah. Yeah. So and then you come into games and you know you know every side's got a few that um, hot heads. Yeah, hot heads or there's yeah there's there's, there's hot heads. There's white line fever. There's um, guys that you know there's no point even trying to go for because it's not going to have an impact on them and. Um, and you're like that, yeah. Well, and there's certain guys that are just, you know, complete like kamikaze, hard nuts. Um, yeah. So there's all different types, and I don't subscribe to the theory that you have to have a certain mix to be a good side. And um, like an, and a physically aggressive sort of. I think you've got to have a physically aggressive side, right? But that's different to like white line fever, I think, like because intimidation. Or... Yeah. Well, I think you can intimidate sides with pressure and how hard you hit them with a tackle and a bump when the ball's in play. I think giving free kicks when the silly stuff yeah the silly stuff that's not aggression that's not tough that's mm-hmm. that's sort of like coach killer stuff yep. which so how do you go with Braden Maynard because he's a guy who can lose seemingly lose his plot um, on the field do you do you try and sort of calm him down so he's, game he's got white line fever yeah right. so how do you manage that as so he's very relaxed pre-game is he um yeah, it's like once he sees that white line, like the, he just flicks the switch, and um, yeah, you see it like against Essendon, like him and Fantasia, they just yeah. you could hear them all game just going at each other. Yeah, like just Do you just care to give us a snapshot? He oh, helicoptered him down the boundary line. Yeah, it just didn't stop. Like they got in, like yeah, never stops all game. And can you, can I, you no, can remember find, one sledge? Or? No, I just find it sort of amusing for me because it's sort of like, well, these two are twenty, both twenty-one years old, and this is going to happen for ten years. <laughs> and you're going to play each other twice a year. Like this is going to be a fair rivalry. I can, so I can brazzy at every uh, Braden Maynard at every quarter time break. Yeah, he's always chirping at someone. Yeah, <laughs> there's always <laughs> someone that's got under his skin, or no, he's I, having a go at. I someone. don't mind it as long as it no, never, as long as it doesn't cost us free kicks, mm, which it so, has. It has at times. I think he's pretty good um, at it. But he's got uh, he's got a good balance of, um, I think, giving a bit, but also pulling back when he needs to because, um, yeah, because like always, you can always overstep the mark and you never want to give free kicks away or um, lose focus or become so so focused on one player that you forget what you're supposed to be doing for the team. So, um, But, yeah, he's got that good line of aggression and, you know, I'm certain that if a ball bounced and... Fantasia was about to grab it and Brazzy had to tackle him. Yep. There's probably not a bloke more that he wants to tackle in the league, but clearly um, he wouldn't do it stupidly and give away free kicks and things like that. I reckon I was at a um, pre-season training session at Essendon about two years ago, and I reckon Brendan Goddard was going to clip Arazia. Those two were in a bit of a uh, heated discussion in a intra-club game, and I genuinely thought we well, got BJ into a heated discussion with the pretzels, didn't he, BJ? He did BJ. at halftime. That was pretty funny vision. That happens all the time, too. By the way, surely you've had a story from your your, your Geelong basketball or football days where you'd absolutely yeah, spit the dummy. You, yeah. my, mate, my mates know I get quite emotional in the sporting arena and lose my lose the plot. Um, um, regularly I think Peter Remember Peter Riccardi His yeah, brother yeah. Used to play in Geelong And man I went in here He's like 20 years older than me I think we used to have um, Running battles And on the footy field I used to tag Like I would Because I was a bit of Andrew Carazzo Like I would try tag. really hard And run <laughs> a lot But I just like I Got was, it in for him <laughs> my, my kicking wasn't amazing So My yeah. coach said to me Jay you find so much of the footy When are you going to learn How to kick so um, I had a bit of the Clay Smiths about me, but that's okay. Gave himself um, a compliment in that. Yeah, as well. <laughs> you find so much of it. <laughs> hey, um, uh, just on the last. I used to get at playing basketball a lot more than footy. That white line fever because it felt five v five. It's a real individual sort of match yeah. up, like you know, point guard versus point guard or shooting guard or yeah. hit score on me. Then I'd want to score on him, and yeah. um, you know, you'd get like a strong foul, but you would just wouldn't budge and it'd be like chest to chest. And yeah, I used to get it in basketball heaps. <laughs> Yeah. Can you tell us about Heath Shaw? 
because when I think of people who suffer white line fever outside of the Collingwood bubble, like, you know, Geordie Lewis, I think he's the most suspended current player. Joel Selwood is obviously um, a warrior, and you and him had a bit of a tate to tay earlier in the year. But I don't think anyone beats Heath Shaw in the white line fever stakes. Um, how did how did you go trying to manage him? Because he had that meltdown in that Port Adelaide final, and I know that has... It was Maxie's responsibility because he's he? in the back line. Or how did Maxie go trying to manage him? <laughs> oh, I... I think they had a fairly good working relationship. Yep. Um, Premiership players. Yeah. He didn't actually, like it was funny, he didn't actually have white line fever heater. That's just how heater was. <laughs> like, that's just, at training, he'd be giving it to blokes and it's sort of what gets him going more yeah. than anything. So it's, he's doing it. I feel like he does it because it gets him up and about, gets him going, gets him mentally yeah. engaged. And Yeah. Um, yeah, he had that. He's probably had a couple of little meltdowns where he's, you know, yeah. gone too far and, or whatever. But, yep. geez, for the few bad things he's done, he's had, Super crew. He's, he's like a yeah. good bottle of red wine, isn't he? He's, he's getting better and better. How, how amusing! Oh, he's the funniest on the field. Yeah, by a mile. Yeah, yeah. Well, give us a. Like, oh, I don't. I don't know. It's just. It's just non. It's just like what I said with Braden and Fantasia, where it was like for the whole game non-stop. That's yeah. sort of like Heath every week, every <laughs> training session, every lunch break, That'd every. Good. He's just. He's never off. They've got a few GWS. The chirpsters. What, like, like what, what would you put like Stevie J in the category of? Oh, does he have white line fever? No, not as much. I well, think he's, he's a, a, bit. He's a he's massive a bit. competitor. Well, he's been yeah. suspended he's a, a, bit, a million Stevie. times. Um, he's more cheeky. Yeah, um, I like that. And then some- but the Giants guys, when they first come into the competition, it was like somebody said to them, don't let anybody ever stand, over, stand you. over you. Yeah. And they were all 17 at the time. and So their first they took and second it, year. They took it literally like if you said something to them. They were all... Yeah, it was like they're all on angry pills and like chirp back at you all the time. And even if they're losing by 100 points. Yeah. And sort of you fit. And every, like we knew and every, I think every club knew that like all you had to do was wind them up a tiny bit and they'd all start losing a bit. But now they're, they're at the point now where they actually, mm. you know, they're 22, 23 years old and they're probably at the point now where they can start to do that to other players and other clubs around the league where they can start not, looking at guys. And, yeah. Not going amazingly for them at the minute. Yeah, I seen the other day they've only won one of their last six. Mm. They beat Brisbane and they've had some draws and yep. whatnot. So, yeah, I think that's just the ebb and flow of the footy season, though. I've got concerns. Yeah, well, there, it's. I think you, you're bound to have a lull throughout the season. Well, I think it's part of their maturity and they're being questioned they're, about they're whether they can play savage too. Yeah, aren't yeah. They? But can they play with the discipline and commitment that's required? Because to win there's a no. Flag. Yeah, because they've no doubt got the talent. Yeah. Are they too reliant on that? That yeah. would be the question I'd ask. So they don't have any grit. Yeah. Well, no determination. Well, well, you look, well, what's just, their brand? What's their? Do you, I, tell you us your concerns. More. Tell us your real concerns. You would have watched though. more than them than I would have. What do you think? They're are they a defensive brand? Are they no. contested beasts? Are no. they offensive? Uh, they're super offensive, yeah. and their their execution on that offensive stuff it can be brilliant. Yeah. But I heard very strongly that they didn't come back in great shape. Yeah. Um, that there were some uh, issues with the early fitness. Um, yeah. And you only had to look at their trading, uh, trading drafting um, at the end of last season, and they get Tendai Mazungu and Matt DeBoer. Now, that says to me they want two glue guys who can show their talented young players and even their established stars how to work the other way, how to do all the team stuff. You're not recruiting Matt DeBoer and Tendai Mazungu because they can give you another leg on the field. It's a, it's a, it's a total – it's a discipline thing, clearly. You know, they're at a really interesting point in their development and I don't think it would surprise no one if they take a year or two to learn some lessons. 
But the issue is, I reckon some of their talent. So we talked about um, the Giants winning six of the next ten flags and all of that sort of stuff because of all the talent they had. And, you know, that was an interesting argument at the time. Now I reckon it's the, tur- the tide has turned a little bit and it's gone against them in the sense that how long will this window be for them and, and how uh, much can their talent be whittled away by rival clubs because it's, you know... They're starting to be chipped away at well, a no little bit. There's no contracts, is there, anymore? No. I love saying that. Yeah. Well, Lockie Whitfield is number one pick who's contracted next year. Uh, about every, eight clubs would be knocking on yeah, his door every Thursday, I reckon. The premiership window like that. Who Was it Beveridge last year that said he doesn't believe in such a thing? Uh, yeah, I think it was It takes so much, so much hard work to just get yourself an opportunity where you can be a chance. So every side that's around the mark right now there's no guarantees at all that you're there next year. So, like, the no. premiership window is premiership open clock. for... Well, the premiership window this year is open for about 11 or 12 sides still. Yep. And it's going to close on, you know, four or five more, and then there's eight yep. that it's open for, and that's it. And then once the season's done, you don't get... Yep. Like, Bulldogs, for example, they don't get a rite of passage to get, oh, you get another grand final just because you won it last year. Yeah. Has this like, year broken the premiership clock? Last year broke the premiership clock. Well, I think Hawthorne winning three in a row proves that it's it's broken. Mm, I reckon it. Well, because everyone sort of, sort of thought Sydney would go and do what Hawthorne did because they Sydney beat Hawthorne, then they go get Franklin. Mm. So everyone's like, "Oh, Sydney going to yeah. win the next three in a row," and then Hawthorne went and actually did the three in a row. Still being consistent, Sydney. Yeah, they're still being consistent, but you just and then everyone said, as you said, Giants were going to win six out of the next ten flags. Mm. They haven't got to a granny. No. Bulldogs last year, no one would have picked no. at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, fair point. I just think, like the, uh, I think the, the hardest thing at the moment is like Adelaide's on top, but they don't play too many games at the MCG, so they're a bit of an unknown at the G. Mm. Geelong, which is why you played, said if Hawthorne get in there, yeah, a and then Geelong haven't played that well away from home recently. Like they've played really good footy at home, but mm. not too well. I, I don't think away from home, um, and then. Who's third? The Giants. Yep. Question and marks. Then, yeah. Well, they just got beat by Richmond at the G. Yeah. So and therefore, like Richmond's fourth. Would huh? Richmond? Like they've they're yeah. probably Have if it comes to final. Yeah. They're it's the most experienced start, side at the G in the finals. So that's a big advantage. But then there's there. question marks over them in finals. Of course. There is. Yeah. So and that's why we love. That's why that's so open right hey, now. Speaking of the Tigers, Damien Hardwick um, <clears throat> two years ago I think said July's big boy month gets a little colder. Players get a little more sore, oh a little more tired, a little bit more grumpy. Um, this is when um, you're really tested throughout this this July part of the uh, season. We've seen Sydney, Adelaide really come to the fore. Do you do you, do you find it harder, <laughs> sort of in this part of the year? You know, you, you're six weeks out from finals or seven weeks out from finals. You know, everyone's got niggles. Is that the reality inside the footy club? Um, oh yeah, that's certainly the reality. That it's I don't know if it's harder, but Everyone, as you said, everyone's got niggles. It's 17 weeks into the, the season. You know, you're a bit sore. You're usually carrying like two to three in, injuries by this stage yep. of the year. It's colder. Um, it's a little bit colder, although we've had a fairly nice winter, haven't we, in mm-hmm. Melbourne. It's been um, freezing the past couple of weeks. Not, yeah. not a lot of rain. So <laughs> it definitely is like that, though. And, um, you know, the, I think the key is the football program moves to throw up a few different things. Like we went to the temping bowling, temping bowling or the movies or move training a little bit later in the afternoon. And, um, what's your next sort of excursion? Um, maybe paintballing. Oh, I don't nice. know. Yeah. But I'm out. 
Yeah, you are out. I'm out. So yeah, I take no way I'll be the drinksman. <laughs> I reckon a few um, other blokes would like to shoot me up at the minute. Yeah. So there's, yeah, there's definitely that reality. And then for the sides who aren't playing finals, you know, there's six weeks to go or five weeks to go, and then it's, you know, guys have started to book their trips and mm. things like that, and um, it is a bit of sort of that unknown period. But if you're a side that's a live chance, it's very exciting because you know you're so close to getting to where you've set out for that season, that goal that you want to achieve. You're so close to getting there. And then once you're there, it's it's the best part of the year by a mile. Mm. How, how are your articles this time of year? Do they, they run a bit flatter? It does test your, your creativity because you can feel like you've written the same thing uh, a few times over. So you've got to think um, more laterally. So you just make stuff up. Not at all, Braden. Um, what are you, Braden's wearing the tightest white shirt. Like, it's fair him like a boy's size 16, Scott. Don't you agree? All right, have a it go on my small. shirt first. Yeah, quick. It, it is it very in. small. It is the smallest. Yeah. You've been working out, I know, but like... It's honestly. the same shirt as it was a couple of weeks ago. I'm just filling it out. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> but what about... Jay's not wearing any pants. Jay's in here with no Jay's pants on. Jay's got the shorter shorts on, you'll ever see. Yeah, I've um, got my running shorts on because we got... I can see your little Clarkies hanging out. Cop moved early at a 9.15, so we can create room for that Fazan Chani show. Um, so this is your doing, to be honest. Hey, yeah, could have a shower. Uh, quick tips on Rising Star, and then I want to ask you about Kyrie Irving. Who would you pick of the Rising Star when if you had to call it now? I'll go first, and I will say I would give it to Hawthorne's Ryan Burton. So there's Burton, Essendon's uh, Andy McGrath, maybe Port uh, Sammy Powell Pepper, um, mm, who's good. a big bodied on baller. Um, and McGrath's great. He's so cool back there. He's skilled. He's going to be a very good midfielder. But Petrovsky I reckon Seaton. No, nah, he's, he's faded away. Um, I, so I reckon cool. Ryan Burton's cleanness, the way he cuts through traffic across, across half back. I reckon he's the man. I, I think the um, McGrath. Do you? Essendon. Yeah. Why? Well, I think like Burton's had so much experience around him, guiding him yep. the whole time, and mm-hmm. very methodical brand of footy that Hawthorne play and controlled. So. Um, you think he's got? And I think he's on easy street. No, nah, not on easy street. But McGrath's certainly from day one's just sort of been thrown into the fire. Um, oh, it's very hard though because Burton's played on some. He's played like key back, small back. I'd say yeah, flip a coin because you'd be happy with either of those guys winning. Yeah. Um, Tommy Phillips for us would have to be a chance though because Jet. I know he's a bit older and that seems to you get discarded a little bit because he's twenty one or whatever. But yep. he's if you do it based on numbers, mm. I suppose he'd stack up. Probably as good as any on stats and goals. And he's prolific. On the weekend in the VFL, because yep. so, he got really crook, so he's had a couple of games to work himself back in it, in through the VFL. He had 40 possessions, three goals, 10 tackles, 10 clearances. Wow. Six something else that he's, he's done. That would suggest he's, he's going to play this K. weekend. 16Ks are running. Loves um, a run. Loves a run. And he played as an inside mid. Which he's never done before. No. And, and he's had 40 kick three in a game that they've won by two points. He still got to the G in time to give Wells his. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Some that advice was. from yeah, the boundary. It's yeah. a funny guy. So that'd be interesting. Imagine how good it would be if it was at an awards night where all these awards got done at once. After round 23, week yeah. before the first Correct. final. This is what you, you could work in the AFL events department over the next month. Well, I could be where? At operations, is it? Is that I, the vacancy? There's plenty of vacancies. There's a vacancy there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Maybe that's your calling. Hey, uh, Kyrie Irving, I can't believe this. My friend sent me the news. Um, I was in shock. The uh, technically Australian point guard, absolute superstar for the Cleveland Cavaliers. His final series, uh, his past, yeah, final series this year was extraordinary. Uh, his handle was unbelievable. He's going to leave Cleveland because he wants to be the big dog 
elsewhere. Well, you don't he, know that. That's just been. That's what gets reported. Well, that's what I believe in the news. Yeah. Um, well, he's leaving, right? So you so believe everything you read in the well, news. Well, hey, yeah. um, thought. So he, but he's got a chance to win with um, Kevin Love with LeBron. LeBron James. Yeah, but for how much longer? Well, he wants to go to what, like Minnesota, and be the alpha male there. It's the reverse of the super team theory. You know, he, he's going away from the super team to go be a big dog. Now, I'm shocked by this. But Minnesota, they've got Butler, Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns. They'll be our super team. Uh, Quickly. R- Ricky Rubio has left, hasn't he? Yeah. So you're cool with it? Like, don't you think this is strange? Well, think, you're well, a total team man. I'm surprised. Yeah, but you're... I think, like, I reckon he's leaving now because he's reading the writing on the wall that LeBron's only there Cooked. for one more year. Kyrie's saying that, oh, no. No, so then he's going to leave. So yep. then why would Kyrie stay, sign a big extension, then LeBron leaves and he's stuck in Cleveland with no one there and he's got a five-year deal. So I think he's getting out just before LeBron gets out. He's sniffing the wind. Yeah, so he's jumping ship first, which is nothing wrong with that. Any chance he's, he's coming back to Melbourne United? Any oh, chance? Slim. <laughs> we, he, he could make a super team down here. You only yeah, need no, one bloke. You clear out the key. With the officiating the down here. The officiating oh. in the NBA was... You're like, the, you're like the uh, number one ticket holder of Melbourne United. Not the number one ticket holder, but I go to a few games and watch. And See you there on the sideline. They should. Yeah, um, you get courtside? Uh, no, I just sit wherever Just with they, the people? Yeah. Just, do, do you ever get an invite, Cocker? Scotty sort of locks <laughs> down there? Or? No, he's, nah. he, he'll pull out anyway. No, please. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you, I didn't it. even burn you either. I gave you a good notice. We tried yeah. to organise a bit of a mid-season catch-up, you know, plan the podcast the rest of the years. <laughs> Sorry, boys. Yeah. <laughs> I got, I'm on dead duty. Coco. Give us your... Uh, no, give me a solid UFC. throw. Yeah, give us your... Um, well, you're always texting us about the, you know, the, the Texting the us. I, te- the MMA. I, I text Scott, but you're just in the same group yeah. by chance. Um, I'm still catching up on on. MMA Connor. too is not like <laughs> Taekwondo. It's, it's all encompassing. Well, see, it's not about getting a black belt. No, I'll leave this see, part See if you can stay engaged for this one. So we've got John Jones versus Cormier. Uh, it's been supposed to happen for like three years. Now. Yeah, UFC 200 and John Jones uh, tested positives for a substance, got uh, banned by USADA. He's coming back after two and a half years out to verse Cormier, who is uh, an absolute angel, but his only uh, real loss has come to John Jones. This weekend's fight is huge. It's yeah. absolutely massive. Cormier only lost in points last time. so Lost it, to himself. Yeah, so it should be a really interesting fight. But we, <laughs> after this one, do you want to see the rematch regardless of, no. of result? You don't want it to go to a third? Depending on results. If Cormier wins, then I think there's a third. But if Jones wins, it's done. There's, Jones is amazing, though. It's not he like there's so too good. many stars around at I the I had moment. breakfast with John Jones, too, by the way, when I was in New York. Really? Yeah. You, you had yeah. breakfast with yeah, him. Yeah, so we were at the Super Bowl um, with Gatorade together, and this was 2011 or whenever it was, 12, and there was like a communal area for all the athletes. And I went up there to have brekkie, like, early in the morning, and he was there as well, and we just sat on the same table. Did you get his opposite. autograph? Well, just I knew who he was, but it was sort of like nobody knew who this guy was. So I was sitting there and I had a brief chat with him, and we actually left the hotel together. How did he start that conversation? Because that, that's how, like, everyone else feels about talking to you. This no, well, so... There's Scotty Penny. We actually spoke city. about... The, he asked me who I was going for in the game, and I had to be careful because I was like, there's an NBA game on the night before the Super Bowl that I'm more interested in than the Super Bowl. <laughs> Um, so I said, I'm actually going to the NBA tomorrow night. I'm going for Miami. And then Super Bowl, I'm going for Seattle. Um, yeah, and he was going for Seattle as well. And he was just pretty pumped to cruise around. And we, it was only... It was, get, it was, it was, it was a chat for probably a minute. He was still pretty big in 2011. Yeah, he was huge. But yeah, he like, but he wasn't like Serena Williams, who as soon as she left the hotel, people were waiting yeah. for her to sign autographs and had private cars. He left the hotel and just... 
turned left and went for a bit of a cruise. I had to sign autographs and stuff for a bit and then off I went. So you're, you be, you're bigger than John Jones. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was waiting to get my autograph signed. He's said that before this fight, he's already the best of all time. Do you subscribe well, to hard, that? It's hard to argue with him, isn't it? It's like got an asterisk next to it, though, doesn't it? Because of you know, yeah, steroids or whatever he was doing. So quick one. So Weidman won on the weekend, ex middleweight champion. Weidman and Romero have this really big feud going on with Bisping, who's who's I guess the legitimate. He's champion. got a feud with everyone going Bisping. Yeah. But Whitaker's got the interim championship, but no one's. Oh, sorry, re- no Whitaker no, won't get the fight. No one's really talking about him because no. he doesn't doesn't have a big mouth. So well, the number one contender, basically, Jay, won't get the fight versus the champion because the second talk. and third ranked guys talk more, and there's more money involved. Really? Which the UFC don't tend to go down that path, but they are a bit now with the new owners. And so it's all about money. So you think they're going to give it to one of the two guys that are yes. that are talking yep. shit yep. over, which over is, the which current interim champion? Yeah. Yep. It's money. Hey, great show. Hey, are we doing coffee bet this week? We are doing coffee oh, bet. Actually, I, I, just, you, I, I last week it. in the coffee bet, I lost. I got the muffin. I tipped Adelaide yeah. to win by 21 points. What did Adelaide win by? 21. Yeah, we have a lot of controversy. Well, so the week before, I go one point lower than Jay-Z's margin. And I cop all this shit for like shaving points and getting yeah, going one shaper. lower. And then you come out and do the I exact went above. same I went thing. Above. Yeah, so you get anything above tw- 20. Yeah, but that's what happens when you... Oh, jeez. History's going to show us a good effort to pick the margins. Thanks, mate. Uh, so well so we put it out last Friday and we got... We blew up Twitter. Yeah. Everyone was putting in their tips, which, well, this week, which really helped me. Which really helped me because I did get the... Me and SP finished exactly the same. We, we both... F- yeah, we're, we're both champions. We're I number lost. one. We're both number one. So out of three, what you come, Jack? I, I lost, mate. I so you came dead last. I got, I got one Sydney right. Hawthorne Friday night. Sydney Hawthorne. So what? Good game. The last team to beat Sydney Hawthorne. So we'll do it again. Oh, Ruffy. Ruffy kicked that goal. Yeah. I'm not going to ask you who you're going to tip because he's going to change anyway. Last week I asked you who you said the Cats and then you changed it to the Crows. Yeah. No, yeah. We're putting yeah. it out to Shifty the people. Coffee. So what we need is your margin, uh, tip, most goals and most touches. Give us some help out there, people. Uh, I need it this week. I think I've lost two out of the last three. I need to lift. Scotty, you've still uh, got that bag of ice on your hand, mate. I hope that's feeling better soon. You get some uh, sleep. um, Why don't you just Daniel chick it? No, thanks. Just cut it right off. Yeah, it's getting to that point, isn't it? Then you could could probably play the last two games. No, thanks. Are you going to give the surgeon a Christmas card this year? Yeah, absolutely. If it got fused, it's probably the best finger to get fused. It's the middle one. Yeah, I did the president's lunch on the weekend before the game. And seriously, I have to say to everyone, I'm not giving you the finger. It's just how my hand feels comfortable. You're a funny guy. Scotty Pinnacle. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everyone, on the Jock and Journo Show. Give us some help with our, uh, our coffee some, bit. Go uh, put some pants on, Jack. Tips. Yeah. I'll put some pants on. Take these running shorts off. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week on the Jock and Journo Show. Thank Cheers. you.